Hi, everyone. It's Nick Forster. As you might imagine, we are still waiting for the day when we can open the doors to E-Town Hall and record shows in front of a live audience. Meanwhile, we are so lucky that we have recorded so many really solid shows over the years. This one is from not long ago. We are bringing it back by popular demand. We cover some ground from New York to Portland to North Carolina. Nice award and a nice finale. And you get to listen to it all right now. Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town, with this week's guests from Portland, Oregon, Anna Tivill, our award winner, Mark Dibner, and from Los Angeles, California, Citizen Cope. I'm Helen Forster. Join me now in welcoming, if you would, our host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town Hall. Citizen Cope, Anna Tivill, this is going to be good. So for a while, we can put our phones down. We can skip the news feed and the stump speeches and the impeaches and all the stuff that's going on. We can just hang out together and listen to some music. Because that's kind of what art does. It connects us, cuts through the noise, and that's what artists do. They soak up what's going on around them, and they filter it all through their own skills and their talents and they bring it back to us. What separates the good ones is they can see things a little sooner or a little more clearly than the rest of us. We got some good ones with us this week. Anna Tivill is one of those songwriters who somehow manages to get inside the story so deeply that we end up feeling exactly what these characters must be feeling in her songs. It's kind of amazing. And of course, uh, Citizen Cope has been doing this for 20 years, observing, absorbing, reflecting his experience through his music. He was an early and pretty unique voice when he started. It's been a long time since he's been here at E-Town. I think it was back in 2004, the first time he was here. But um, it was really cool to just get to see what he was doing, kind of combining the sounds of the South with the sounds of the city, the folky and the rapper and the hip hop with the acoustic guitar, and it all kind of came out just like him. And that's why Santana and Richie Havens and Sheryl Crow and Eric Clapton and many others got really excited about his music, either wanted to collaborate or cut his songs. So as I say, it's been a long time since he's been here and uh, we're really happy that he's back. Please welcome back to E-Town, Citizen Cope. Take it down by the river 
Greenwood, Citizen Cope, welcome back to E-Town. Good to have you here. Thank you. I'm sure you remember the first time you were here was 15 years ago or something. I, I think Steve Earle was on the show when you were here the last time. So Yeah, I think we did a rendition of a reggae tune, maybe. Maybe a Toots tune, I think. For the finale? Yeah. You remember more than I do at this point. <laughs> But a lot has happened since that time that, you know, you were here. And I know that I mentioned when I was introducing you that a lot, so many people got it turned on to your music. It's pretty cool to think about the variety, you know, Richie Havens or Cara Santana or Sheryl Crow or Eric Clapton, all these people that want to hang out with you and either cut your songs or just work with you. And you can't see that when you start. You're just doing your thing. Yeah, I, I, the whole thing with Carlos wanting to put Sideways on his record, Shaman was an amazing thing to happen. At the time, my record was put out by DreamWorks, but it was, you know, moving extremely slowly. And uh, that's a very nice way to put <laughs> that the record was flopping. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that really helped me personally because it, it gave me a boost of confidence to know that I was on that record. And I really felt like that song was important. And the fact that he heard it was a blessing. Yeah. 
So it's funny, the first song on the record is the only song in the history of music that's ever been written about an entree called Duck Confit. <laughs> is that true? I can't imagine there's another one. <laughs> you know, in your own way, of course, once again, you're a pioneer without knowing it. Yeah. But, uh, but in that song, yeah, you're taking on, you know, power politics and guns and religion and it's all in there. You're all just looking at all the issues. Yeah, I mean, I've been writing poetry for a while. I never really wrote poetry with my songs because the songs usually kind of came from the guitar and the melody or the lyrics did. And then I started writing poems when I was on the plane and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it turned out to be important. You know, I thought it was a, a good piece to start the record with. Yeah. Among the other things that have changed in your life since your first time at E-Town, you lost your dad, but you have a daughter who's now. Yes, yes. Um, and so having a daughter must make you even more aware of all this stuff around you, especially the stuff, I mean, things like climate change where it's a longer game, but it makes more, it's more relevant now. You've got somebody else's life to think of. Yeah, I mean, you see the legacy, what your true legacy is, I guess. When um, it's, you, you realize the importance of because I never realized having a child would be so enlightening. Yeah. Um, if you were to, I don't know if you ever have, have you ever like latched onto a particular cause or a, a particular issue that you've wanted to like play benefits for or lend your name to a very specific issue? Yeah, we'll give a dollar a ticket away to a charity called Turnaround Arts, which deals with young people in the arts and it was started as a Michelle Obama initiative at the White House and then moved over to the Kennedy Center. Um, we also work with a group of young people that is called All Our Kids and I've worked with some dealing with uh, prostitution and trafficking in the past. It's, it's kind of like a variety of stuff. I don't have my own foundation set up right. yet, which I'm trying to do, but I'll give it to that foundation so that they can distribute it and yeah. work with a middle school in Minnesota called Red Lake. It's a Native American reservation there. And so we, it's kind of spread out. Yeah. It's not really singular. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Well, listen, I think we're all glad that you decided to do music. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Let's get that back to more. Welcome back, Clarence Greenwood, Citizen Cope.
Citizen Cope, Clarence Greenwood, along with Preston Crump on the bass, Steve Vidayich on the keys and guitar and vocals, Jay Nichols on the drums, Chris Townsend on the keys and samples. The record is called Heroin and Helicopters, out on Rainwater Records. They'll be back to play some more music later on. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town.
I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town Citizen Cope. It's going to be back later on in the show. And coming up, a great singer and songwriter from Portland, Oregon, Anna Tivill is here. But before Anna comes out every week, uh, we get to recognize somebody who's done something spectacular in their hometown. Uh, so spectacular, in fact, that someone in their neighborhood uh, decided to share their story with us, and then we get to, in turn to share it with you guys. These are stories of individual efforts to make things better that always add up and we get to recognize these people through the Achievement Award. And here comes Helen to tell you about this week's winner. Thank you, Nick. This week's story starts with an online purchase. Years ago, Mark Dibner of Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, liked to browse on eBay. One day, he found a motherboard on that site for $8. Impulsively, he bought it. Now, his 13-year-old son, Ned, needed a computer, so as a father-son project, Mark thought they could use that motherboard to try to build a computer. Well, they did. It was such a success that young Ned said they should do more. That turned out to be a suggestion that led to an incredible change in direction for both of them, leading to tons of waste being saved from the landfill while helping a lot of kids succeed in school. Now, Mark is here to tell us more, so please welcome this week's Achievement Award winner, Mark Dibner of Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina. Welcome. Thanks for coming out from North Carolina to be with us. Thanks for having me. That was a cool introduction that Helen gave you, and I'm curious, you and your son Ned made that first computer. Did either of you uh, know what the heck you were doing? Did you have experience building computers before you started? Not at all. I was a neuropharmacologist at the time, you know, drugs in the brain and things like that. And um, we didn't even know what a motherboard was, literally, at the time when, when we bought it. But we found a, a website online that said, here are the 10 steps it would take to build a computer. We did, and he turned to me and said, Dad, there's a lot of kids in my school who can't afford Wild. a computer. Let's build some more this summer. Wild. Did that first one, was that Ned's computer? Is that one that he, that, he actually that, used? That was the one he actually used. And yeah. And then he discovered how cool it was, and then he, very mature of him to think, man, there's other kids who could have this experience that I'm having but can't afford it. Well, certainly when a teenager says something like that, you listen. And, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great. Yeah, it's, that's so cool. And so you decided to make more. So how did you get started? What's, what's the first step you take? I'm always curious about that. Well, the first step was to figure out if we were going to make some more, who would they go to? And we talked, and we talked with this principal, and we discussed that it should be kids who work hard in school. They're not going to get a computer and then sell it or something. Right. Um, and they cannot have a computer in their homes. And it turned out, very interestingly, Ned was inducted in the Junior National Honor Society, so we said, let's start with those. Those kids must work hard in school. And we went to every one, and they all had a computer in their home. Tells you something right there. Yeah. So we went down to the A and then the A and B honor roll, and there were 42 kids in a school, and that became our goal, to make 42 computers in our basement, in our dining room. Sort of moved into the kitchen until my wife <laughs> moved us out of there. But uh, we did that, and then all kinds of interesting things happened after that. Yeah. How long does it take to make a computer from pieces and parts? 
I would say it takes an hour or less. Wow. It's not to the, there's only about 10 parts. If you get old used computers, a lot of parts are interchangeable. You know, hard drive from one will fit a hard drive from a different brand, things like that. Wow. And you're able to just take them all apart and then have these piles of parts and put them all together again. That's so wild. And somebody heard about what we were doing. It got in the local newspaper. People started calling me saying, I'm a geek or I'm a nerd. It's one or the other. Um, and I'd like to come help you with this project. So I moved in into my office of the company that I ran. And we did that for a while. And we got more and more people helping wow. us. And then also, I decided to get the computers to do the 42. We had to get the basic parts and things. So I was a small business owner there in Research Triangle Park. I called my friends who were also small business owners, and they all had computers sitting in their closets and in their conference rooms. That they had decided to retire or upgrade in one way or another. Oh, yeah. And when the article came out in the newspaper, somehow it mentioned what street we lived on. And f <laughs> for, for a, for a whole, whole year, I would get home, and there would be computers without a sign on or anything on my back porch. <laughs> and, so we, we knew that there were plenty of pieces out there. Yeah. And then lots of companies wanted to support us as well. Yeah. And we, we got a Department of Defense level wipe for hard drives. And those that we can't wipe because they don't work or they're too old, we shred them. Yeah. So that they, data is secure. Through that. Yeah. So moving on to today, I mean, in 2018, the 42 computers is now 34,000. Um, <laughs> 34,000 computers. That, yeah. that we've given. Yeah. Um, about 80% of them have gone to kids. We're now also giving them to adults who are less fortunate. That's so great. Yeah. So you must have a bunch of volunteers or other people who are coming in and helping you with all this. Oh, yes. North Carolina has 100 counties. We've been in 83 counties as far as giving out computers. Oh, wild. Well, Mark, let's talk about one other piece of this, which is the recycling and the landfill part. So, oh, sure. So the idea that this material is not just hard to dispose of because of a privacy issue, but because of a toxicity and because of just the fact that this is plastic and metal and it just winds up in a landfill. So the impact you must have had by diverting all those computers from a landfill is pretty substantial, right? Yeah. Last year we brought in 14,000 computers. We were able to give away about 3,400 of those. That means the rest had to be recycled. And we work with professional recyclers, so they don't go into the local landfills they get properly recycled. And we recycled 220,000 pounds last year yeah. of e-waste properly through our recyclers. That's amazing. So uh, that's almost a quarter million pounds or something like that. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you, Mark, and to Ned for just basically having a great idea, but also seeing it through and enlisting. You know, you have the experience, but you enlisted the help that you needed at the right time. And obviously this uh, huge, huge difference you've made in so many people's lives. Thank I can't you. imagine how many people have been affected by the work, but I imagine it's a big number. Because one computer in a household means three, four, five, six people can have access to the internet that they didn't have before. The one time I looked, it was 4.2 people per household. Yeah. So if you take 34,000 and you multiply that yeah. by 4. we've possibly helped well over 100,000 yeah, people. that's great. And last thing, Mark, is, uh, is does Cramden Institute have a website where people can go and look? And Oh, yes. It's Cramden.org. K-R-A-M, Mark backwards, D-E-N, Ned backwards, dot org. Yes. Cramden, with a K, Cramden.org. And uh, if people want to see pictures of what you're up to or support your work or donate or whatever, they can do that there. It's on the website. It talks about yeah. the classes we teach. It talks about all kinds of things. That's great. Well, congratulations, Mark. That's Mark Dibner winner of this week's Achievement Award, Thank you. founder of Brandon Institute.
If you've enjoyed hearing the story and you want to share it with your friends, you can find it on our website, etown.org. And if you know of someone who you think deserves some recognition because of their efforts to better the planet or the lives of others in some way, feel free to send us their story. They could even end up on the air. You can learn what we look for on our website, and if it's a fit, you can submit your uh, nomination there as well. Or you can always write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Mark. Big fun thanks to Ned. We've got more music coming up from Citizen Cope in a little while. Right now, I'm going to tell you about our next guest, a few things about Anna Tivill. She lives in Portland. She put out three solo records. She plays guitar and fiddle and sings and has traveled a lot to play music with lots of her friends. And all of that sounds pretty standard, I know. She's a little mysterious, but I can tell you that she's a remarkable songwriter. And as I mentioned earlier, she's got this great gift for detail as a songwriter. She, she can see and hear and get to the essence of an experience better than most and then uh, tell the tale and sing it beautifully. So it's a great combination. Really happy that she's here for her first visit. Please welcome Anna Tivill. And the neighbors never mentioned 
The woman they see leaving is the man who works the morning shift selling gasoline. In my dream you were stone still Shadowed, half-built A masterpiece of pure will Just waiting on the world To gaze upon your body A razor on a rough cheek A blaze of burning beauty The saved and the worth saving to get Nick and Helen and the E-Tones up here to join me. I play a lot of shows solo, and I just showed up here, and they knew the songs, and it was such a treat. So I want to thank all of them for doing this. I'm going to play a song about how some things last and some things go away. Building was burning, the plaster was crumbling. I lost my sense and I ran back inside. The groan of the floorboards and heat spreading under them, billowing smoke in my throat and my eyes. The kitchen ablaze and the wallpaper curling, the table where you Just talking in circles, dreaming aloud And Anthony, I'm afraid Alone in the building, the billow in flame And I lost my mind, I guess I thought I knew what forever meant
And a civil welcome to E-Town. I have no idea where you come up with these characters. <laughs> these are just such unusual people who inhabit your songs. Do you come across them in real life and then just report, or do you, are you just making them up whole cloth? The internet. The internet, okay. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so you have a computer. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming you've been writing all your life. You've been writing in a notebook or journals or... Poems or something, right? Since you were a kid, probably. Yeah, little poems and stuff. Never, I came to songwriting and playing the guitar in my mid twenties, pretty late. And um, where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town in northern Washington called LaConnor, kind of near Bellingham, yeah. between Seattle and Bellingham. I'm assuming you had violin lessons, or you were a musical family in some way. Yeah, my family was really musical. My dad played the banjo, my mom plays a lot of guitar, and my sister played piano. My grandfather played violin and lived with my family when I was young, and I wanted to play so bad. And so I took, yeah, I took lessons when I was a kid and did, did a lot of fiddle stuff, yeah. um, kind of a mixture of the two. That's hard to do, because a lot of people do one or the other. They either play the fiddle or they play the violin, although the instrument's the same. Mm -hmm. the, the technique and the vibe is so much different that sometimes it's hard for people to cross over. Yeah. I know you're a big John Prine fan. I know you've got... Who are some other songwriters that you adore or respect? John Prine for sure and Gillian Welch. I've been listening nonstop lately to David Bazan from Pedro the Lion. Yes. Oh, man, everything he 
creates is so brutally honest and um Dylan mm -hmm. love a lot and yeah can't can't uh, can't beat the classics yeah hey um I know one of the songs on your record you you tend to write about these very very personal, very uh, immediate stories, but there's one on the on the record that also is a personal and kind of um, inside look at this experience, but it's about uh, the border, the song called Fence Line. How did you put yourself in the mind of somebody crossing uh, the border, the southern border illegally? How did you put yourself in mind of that person? I heard a really great interview on the radio with a border guard, and he just talked really openly and honestly about what it's like to be in charge of a stretch of the border. And he, the part that he was in charge of was just rickety fence line. And he said that a lot of times he would walk along it and fire wire cutters and holes. And he told stories of people that he picked up and had to send back or got to let through and kind of what their lives were like. And I don't know, it's, it's just right during that time when there was, I mean, there still is some really ugly rhetoric and I just really felt the way that he told really individual stories to, to help make it seem like more of a human thing, yeah. Which it certainly is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, these stories are just wild. The, uh, the characters are just amazing. So congratulations and um, it's nice to meet you. Nice to have yeah, you here. Yeah, you too. Thanks Let's get for back to music. Me. Welcome back, if you would, Anna Tibble. Well, we'll leave you with this song. This is one I wrote for a janitor that I saw sweeping up an old theater last year, singing at the top of his lungs all by himself. And it really moved me. <laughs> I swept up the garbage, the cups and the wrappers The theater was empty, the crowd had gone home A circle of dust in the light from the rafters The wooden broom handle, a microphone And I sang to the dark rose, all velvet and empty The curtain majestic in folds to the floor I sang so the angels would never forget me The rush of their robes as they rose up for more And the night circled in like a dog in the alley All matted and skinny Face full of hurt, and the theater still ringing with lost dreams of glory. The echoing voices of some brighter world. And I sang to the mezzanine, the gold plated ceiling, the orchestra spinning, the bright chandelier. I sang so the angels would feel what I'm feeling. An empty so deep I'm afraid I'm not here
dust settled round me A silence so heavy it cut to the bone And deep in the shadows the rustle of clapping I rushed to the back row still That's Anna Tivill from Portland, Oregon. The record is called The Question, out on Fluff and Gravy Records. Anna Tivill. Along with the E-Tones, Christian Teal, Ron Jolly, Chris Engelman, and Helen Forster. And Nick Forster. This portion of E-Town is made possible by Silk, the charter sponsor of Change the Course. The program was co-created with National Geographic to restore water in critically water-stressed ecosystems. Now, you can learn more about Silk's commitment to the environment and to plant-based nutrition at silk.com. By the way, if you tuned in late and you missed some of this week's program, the E-Town Podcast will have this episode and others along with content from past shows as well. It's available for free in iTunes and Spotify and other podcast directories. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like KYSL Crystal 93 FM in Frisco, Colorado, on WHRV 89.5 in Norfolk, Virginia, and online at AmericanaBreakdown.com based in Salem, Oregon. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, if you want more information about any of our guests, you want to see uh, exactly what Clarence Greenwood's shoes look like, <laughs> all that stuff is on the web at etown.org. All right, so we learned about uh, Mark and his son Ned's computer refurbishing business. It was a great story with a conscience and a purpose. We, we let uh, Anna Tivill take us on a wonderful sonic journey through some interesting characters. And we heard a few songs from our friend Clarence Greenwood. Not enough. So now we're going to get some more. Please welcome back, if you would, Citizen Cope.
Citizen Cope. That's Clarence Greenwood. Vocals and guitar, along with Preston Crump on the bass, Steve Vidaich on keys and guitar, vocals, Jay Nichols on the drums, and Chris Townsend on the keys and the samples. The record is called Heroin and Helicopters. We got time for one more song. I want to thank everybody for being on the show this week. We have had some fun from Portland, Oregon. Thanks to Anna Tibble for coming out, joining us. Great singer and songwriter. Thanks to our award winner, Mr. Mark Dibner, founder of Cramden Institute, along with his son, refurbishing computers for those in need. Cramden Institute. You can find them online. Thanks to the E-Tones and Helen Forster. Thanks to Citizen Cope, Clarence Greenwood, his fine bands. We always look for a, a good song that brings everybody together, and this is one that, of course, we couldn't decide whether we liked the Nat King Cole version better than the Frank Sinatra version, but we did. We liked the Nat King Cole version better. Anyway, here's another song for you. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. Recorded at E-Town Hall and produced by our donor-supported nonprofit organization. You can go to our website, etown.org, to comment about E-Town or email us at info at etown.org. Thanks to our family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you. Well, it's for the way you look at me. Oh, it's for the only one I see. Adore and love It's all that I could give to you Love is more than just a game for two Two and love can make it Please don't take my heart and break it Love was made for me and you Love was made for me and you Clarence, Anna, the band, cast and crew, Helen, all of you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you. This is a production of the E-Town Radio Network.
That's E-Town. If you want more information, you can always go to our website, etown.org. Thank you for listening.